and welcome to episode 181 of the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This week, it's just Craig and myself. Let's get started. Do you want to do a skit to start off with? We could take off like the Gospel Popcorn Coalition or whatever or those other... The Gospel what, Popcorn what Coalition? What does your other podcast take off? <laughs> I don't know. I'm starting a new blog. <laughs> it's called the Gospel Popcorn Coalition. It's not about movies. What... It's actually just about gospel centering popcorn. What's yeah? What is but what what is the um what is gospel popcorn? Is it different to regular popcorn? So each post, each <laughs> post has a kernel of truth. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about. Do today. you listen to the uh, the latest form of flogging? Are you <laughs> yes, caught up I on do. that? Yes, I am. You are. So you know that I'm making a web app, right? Well, cause you guys only release every two weeks. So I catch up during the like summer two yeah. days and then I'm like, okay, now what do I do for the next <laughs> Enjoy <laughs> many days until the next one drops <laughs> next 12 days? Um, yes, I know you're building a web app to get people to read things written by old dead guys. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, and there's, there's two goals. One is to make them more accessible so that people who want to read them can. And the other is, yeah, I'd like to market it and get people reading books that they might not otherwise read. Mm hmm. But I'm currently reading Puritan paperbacks. Have you seen that? I have, yeah. On my Goodreads. So are you? I, I feel like you're you're at least a little bit proud of me for for that because none of those guys write in modern English. And <laughs> um, or, or the one I'm currently reading, there's no like they don't. It's like they didn't know what chapter headings were. Mm. It's like there's a heading at the start and then it just runs for 200 pages or something. <laughs> and then like halfway through, they they start a new paragraph. Yeah, well, they do like have. <laughs> He does have actually, I think he goes for like a hundred pages or something. And then he has like these four case studies or four explanations or something. So I guess they kind of break it up a little bit, but the first whole chunk is just a big chunk. Hmm. All right. We got to focus though. Anyway. So uh, one of the things I want to do is figure out how to monetize this, this web app, because I would really Mm -hmm. like to spend, I mean, it's not even out the door yet, but you know, Mm -hmm. you have to start thinking these things through before, before you launch. Um, What's it going to be called? It's actually going to be called Relight. Oh, that's right. Did you say that already on Flogging? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, that's okay. Cool name. Uh, so anyway, I want to monetize it. And I was thinking about like different ways to monetize it. And I have kind of a scheme worked out, but I was thinking like, gee, wouldn't it be great if I could just like add some advertisements in like non-obtrusive ways? Like maybe at the bottom of every page, there's like an ad for missionalware or something like that. Um, Mm-hmm. just like a little a little box that's like oh this site is sponsored by so more like a sponsorship than an ad and then i was realizing that like there aren't really ad networks that i would trust like like uh w- one of the things that i've done since i started uh into this project making this web app which i hope to eventually turn into an ios app is i've been listening to a podcast called under the radar with marco Arment and underscore david smith mm-hmm. and one of their uh evergreen topics is the idea of uh, like the ethics of monetizing their app, their mm-hmm. apps. Uh, and so the idea of like use like there was a while where you could just use iAd on iOS uh, and iAd generally didn't do anything unethical. I mean, maybe, maybe some of the apps that, uh, that it would have advertised some Christians might consider unethical, but in general, like the app store is a pretty clean place. 
Uh, and also Apple doesn't track you. And so now that iAd is not a thing anymore, they've had conversations around like, is it okay to use Google ads, even though that tracks your users? And there's all these other networks that do way more tracking than even Google ads does. And kind of where they ended up drawing the line, uh, if you don't know Marco Arment, who makes the app uh, Overcast on iOS, mm-hmm. he ended up just building his own ad network. Uh, which that's kind of one of those that's fine for Marco things because he's famous enough to where people will just give him money. Um, and he already had, he already had like thousands of users. So like, I mean, actually tech reformation and lightest form of flogging have both advertised through, uh, through overcast and we've gotten listeners that way. Um, yeah. Anyway, because they keep talking about this, I thought it would be enjoyable or at least not awful for Christians to have a conversation <laughs> about how the heck do you in this day and age monetize either a web app or an app, or uh, if you were born prior to say 1990 uh, program, how do you monetize these sorts of things and how do you do it in a way that's on the up and up that's, that's ethical. Mm-hmm. So how do you, <laughs> How do, okay, so you just want me to give you the yeah, answer? I mean, I just figured. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a problem, and I'm just going to give you the solution. No, uh, I guess that. I don't know. No. I mean, oh, go ahead. Can I can, can I ask a clarifying question? You absolutely can. So when you say ethical, are you mainly talking about the t- the content of the ads, or are you also talking about the way the ads are served, as in based on privacy? Can like you know, in terms of like how much they how much data they collect on you before they advertise to you and all that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I would talk, I, I mean both, but not even just in terms of advertising, right? Like let's say you're making a game and like, there's the question of like, do you, do you monetize the game once at the start or is it okay to have in-app purchases for more, uh, you know, diamonds to feed to the dragon or whatever? Like, is that okay? <laughs> Maybe it is okay, but are there good ways of doing it? So it's, it's kind of a broad question, which is why I was kind of asking it as a joke. Um, yeah. But maybe a good first question would be, what are some of the complexities you see for a Christian who's created an app, created a game, created a web app, and wants to somehow make money off of it? Uh, I've already mentioned well, a couple, so... <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's a lack of... There's a lack of, I guess... Christian advertising that or advertising that you can. So, so one thing is content. It's hard with advertising to, I'm particularly thinking my WordPress blog, for example, the ads just get served there and I have absolutely zero control of what ends up on the side. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's just, they put ads on there. I don't ever like the look of them, but I also don't want to pay whatever it is, $50 to get rid of them. So they just <laughs> exist. Thankfully, okay, so I've these are ads any. that don't even make you money. They're just ads that make yeah, they're, the people they're, hosting they're your thing money. WordPress money so right. that I can have a free blog account. Uh, but but I guess, so one thing is, I guess, controlling the content, which if you had your own ad network is a lot easier. You can screen them, you can approve them and upload them, whatever you need to do to make uh, send them live. Um, another, yeah, I guess, I guess the privacy thing is always going to be a bit of a tricky one because... In some ways, people don't like one of the things people really don't like is spam or things that aren't relevant to them. And so you kind of, I, I can see an argument from an advertising perspective that it could be considered more ethical if they actually know a little bit about you and they can at least advertise something to you that's relevant. Right. Um, there's one of the things I think we've talked about before is uh, advertising, like, so you mentioned in app purchases. Mm hmm. 
I'm going to put my cards on the table. I've always been more of a fan of just paying for an app at the start and not buying things along the way. Right. Unless it's something like Olive Tree where I'm buying resources to add into my app. But uh, that's a different thing because that's an actual store where you're buying things that cost different amounts. If Olive Tree was to make you pay for everything that you didn't need at the beginning, then no one would like it. Um, so <laughs> That's fair. Like, you mean like Lagos? <laughs> Well, like, so like you just hit buy and you buy like thousands of dollars worth of stuff. And then half of it is like Jesus calling and, you know, other, other sort of, or the secret or whatever. So yeah, like it's like, aren't, aren't really things you, you might want to read. Anyway, um, not that either of those things I've actually read, but I've heard things about them. So mm, there I have, but there are things in some games where you can, I think like they advertise based on time as it, they make money based on time. So you're playing the game, you get to a, a stopping point or whatever. And then you, if you're willing to watch an ad that maybe goes for 30 seconds or whatever, 15 Mm -hmm. seconds, you earn credits in the game to feed the dragon. Like you said, more coins or whatever it is Um, that. So you're, it's kind of like uh, it's not costing you anything but time and they're not finding out anything about you, but the fact that you play the game, I guess. Well, Uh, (laughs) <laughs> and maybe where you're up to in the, <laughs> they might, they may have some other information depending on what you've input at the start when you created your profile. Uh, but that seems, I mean, that seems kind of innocuous. The other thing that I've seen is um, like sort of text, text-based ads that are really non-invasive. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if you visit Quora.com very much. Do you use Quora? Oh, ever? is that the one uh, you're, you're saying it without like pronouncing anything about the Q? Quora? Quora, Quora. I always think it's like Quora or Cura or well, well. Q, but I guess we are talking U, about the same time or the same thing. Yeah, the U that comes after a Q can sometimes be kind of a silent U. But anyway, um, Quora. Then, <laughs> I actually yeah, have no idea. I just when you said it, it wasn't one of the ways that like I had logged. It was like, oh, that's a way you could pronounce that. So I had to clarify. I don't know. Anyway, that website, which uh, is basically really text heavy. There's not a lot of, I, I just did a, a Quora search. That sounds so strange to me now uh, of what is the best way to build a website, which, you know, I just searched for the first really obvious question I could think of. Um, and the, it's one of the, it's kind of like stack overflow, you know, people just jump on and answer questions. Uh, and, and it usually sort of says what sort of credentials they've got to be able to give an answer and stuff. Um, but it has like really small, maybe like this one I'm looking at now is like f- the actual ad is three lines long or four lines if you include the the call to action link. Hmm. Um, and it's at the top of the page under the heading before the answer to the question. So, and then there's another one at the bottom, but that's like, that's, that is the advertising on the page. <laughs> like it's yeah, not like big sort of graphical buttons. I would bet that stuff. those ads are doing more than just displaying content that's relative that's relevant to the page that you happen to be currently viewing. I'd bet that at the well, very least they're tracking you across the site. Uh, possibly across the site, but I don't think it goes much further than that. Mm, that's what they all say. Because it's a, there's a TechCrunch article that says they served up their, they started their own self-serve ad platform. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, by raising $85 million in valuation around 1.8 billion advertisers, both large and small, will be able to create text-based ads and mobile install a mobile app install ads, both of which look particularly native and non-intrusive. In terms of targeting, advertisers can use topic targeting, which is how Quora advertises uh, categorizes Q&As, to advertise within specific topics like science, politics, or cryptocurrencies. 
you can also target by geography and platform. But that pales in significant in comparison to things like Facebook, where you can target on mm-hmm. whether or not someone's wearing a red shirt or a blue shirt that day. Almost. Well, you don't want to get the red ones. They die. <laughs> I shouldn't have picked red and blue. Should I? <laughs> I should have gone red and green. Anyway, you know what I mean? So I was kind of reading that and, and going, well, that seems, I mean, you know, any advertising to a degree is going to be, can, could be considered somewhat invasive and therefore annoying, if not, um, I don't know. Yeah. Having other concerns, but that seems fairly low level to me. Yeah. I mean, it's I feel pretty comfortable with that. It's tricky because like, obviously like TV commercials are annoying, but by and large, they're not unethical. Like, like, yeah, no. you're making me watch this thing before I can get to, you know, find out what happened to, you know, John Smith or whatever. But mm-hmm. they're also not like tracking you across the internet. And hopefully the advertisements are not in themselves offensive. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which some I'm sure. <laughs> but it's, I don't watch it's, a lot of free to air TV. It's so tricky because I mean, the app store, like even just in the last, say, 10 to 15 years, the idea of monetizing either a blog or software or, or, or what have you, like people just expect things to be free. Yeah. Um, and that just, that makes things difficult between that and the, the advent of like just an app store, like where there's this, there's this middleman between you and anybody who has actually decided to pay you for something where even if they're having problems, they may not contact you. They might contact Apple and Apple's going to do nothing for them. Um, yeah. I'm sure I've mentioned this before, like as in earlier, earlier on in tech reformation history, I'm pretty sure I, I, I sort of remember lamenting the change that happened after the app store launch. I remember when the app store very, like really was brand new mm. and a lot of things cost, you know, $2, $3, a dollar, 99 cents, whatever. Like it was pretty much, it, it seemed like it was the standard for things to cost a little bit of money, but it was only a tiny bit. And then there were certain utilities that were just free. Um, but in terms of apps and games and things, it was like, well, yeah, like you pay for it, but you're paying a tiny amount compared to the latest Wii game or whatever it was at the time. Right. Um, and, but then it kind of changed over the first couple of years to being people who just expected more for free. <laughs> like people were like, or well, more still for their $2. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, a lot more for their $2 though. Like, you know, it, it basically had to be free unless it was, uh, like a huge name game, like, you know, um, NBA jam or whatever, like some, some right. established game that's been in the system for a long time and they're just porting it over to iPhone and then they make you pay for it. But, um, yeah, it was, it was almost like the expectation changed from I'll pay a little bit because that's what we do when we buy things to, <laughs> I will most of the time pay nothing unless there's something I really, 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 really want that seems like there's no other way I can possibly get it. And then I might consider paying four ninety nine, dollars Right, right. <laughs> Which is well, just, I, you know, I remember gifting Ben over on, on a show during a Tech Reformation show, I gifted him pocket casts. I remember this. And he was, because he, he was, was a momentous occasion. And I was like, it's inferior. Anyway, <laughs> in my opinion. So I gifted it to him and he was like, you can't do that. And I'm like, Ben, it's $5. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I think with the exchange rate, it's five ninety nine for me, but it doesn't matter. Like it's a <laughs> tiny amount of money. Um, you never gave me six dollars. Well, I could if you <laughs> if you, if you wanted to try Pocket Cast, I'll gift it to you. No, I already have it. Um, well, there you go. Yeah, and and I mean, one of the things a, a lot of what I'm saying is just repeating stuff that I've heard on Under the Radar, but a, a lot of the things that uh, that developers are talking about right now is, is this idea that 
you know, it was really great in like 2009 when I could make an app, put it in the app store, it would get tons of exposure and I would make like $100,000 in the first year. Like that was really great. But then users, for whatever reason, expected me to continue updating that, even though they mm-hmm. only paid 99 cents for it. And now here we are five years, you know, five years into this and people are wondering like, hey, why doesn't this support the iPhone XS? I paid a dollar for this back in 2010. And you're just like, well, because I need to feed my family. So I've moved on to other things because nobody wants to pay for this app anymore. Um, And so developers are all trying to switch to the subscription model, which I don't know that there's anything inherently, not all trying to, but a lot of them are. I don't know that there's anything (laughs) inherently unethical about the subscription model. Um, But Apple doesn't necessarily do the best job in in my mind, you as a as the creator of a thing that people are paying for have some moral obligation, not necessarily to stop people from spending money irresponsibly, but to mm-hmm. make it super duper clear to somebody who's about to or who is currently spending money irresponsible on the irresponsibly on the thing that you're that you're making that that's what's happening. Like 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 mm-hmm. the idea of making it clear. Hey, just so you know, you're paying five dollars a month for this thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and as it stands, like people will, people will download apps, uh, and sign up for the trial and then delete the app thinking, Oh, now I won't get charged, but actually you will like, um, so I don't know. I've been thinking about, I've been thinking about this idea of like subscription and how, you know, most people, most people have more subscriptions than they know that they have. And, you know, their, their bank account is being bled dry at the end of every month and they're wondering why. And it's because, you know, they're still signed up for MySpace premium. (laughs) (laughs) Is that even a thing? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) Probably Probably not. Let's be honest. I mean, yeah, a subscription is one of the things that I was actually going to say I'm more okay with, um, as in like, I'm, you know, for example, I'm a, I'm an apology all access subscriber. Mm. Uh, now, if you asked me when was the last time I actually logged on to go and use one of the Apology Academy videos or something, mm-hmm. I probably couldn't tell you. It was quite a long time ago, <laughs> but I'm happy to support. I'm happy to keep paying the monthly fee, even though I'm not accessing all the behind the scenes gear um, and sort of uh, behind the paywall stuff because I'm wanting to support what they're doing. So, yeah, and and I kind of think with that kind of thing, Yes, it, it becomes a problem if people have too many subscriptions, but that's got to be up to the person to, right. you know, you, you should be keeping track of where your money's going, I guess. But I just mean like you can make a point like on the user account page in your app to, to, to put data there that says you're paying $5 a month for this. If you'd like to cancel, mm-hmm. tap here. And even though I don't even know if you can let them cancel from within your app. Like even if you can't, you can at least include instructions and keep those instructions up to date on how to go to the app store and, and cancel your subscription or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. This is just, it's such a tricky discussion because there, there are two sides to this. Like, you know, let's say you're the person who's making the app that charges people $15 a year and you have the choice to make it super clear that that's happening to the user mm-hmm. or to, mm-hmm. you know, do the default thing and make it so that the only time they ever see that they're paying for a subscription is if they go into, uh, well, maybe if they have emails turned on from, from iTunes or if they go into the app store and, and scroll down and look at your subscriptions and you named your, your app something clever with a, with a, uh, 
beginning with a letter at the end of the alphabet. So they have to scroll all the way down. Like (laughs) you have the choice between doing the default thing and making it kind of hard to see what they're paying and when they're paying it uh, and making it easy. And, And it's kind of hard because when, I mean, worst case scenario, if this person forgets that they're paying you and isn't using the app anymore, anymore, you took $15 from them. Like that's their worst case scenario, which for most people under most budgets, $15 a year is not going to break the bank. It's annoying, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's not the end of the world, but from your oh, perspective, $15 a month, <laughs> well, $15 a month is, yeah, that's a different story. But, but from your perspective <laughs> as the developer, like if you make it super obvious to people, Hey, you're paying $15 a year for this. Hey, just so you know, like mm-hmm. you could put in things like push notifications before the payment goes through. Hey, hope you're still using the app. We were about to charge you $15. If you don't want that, you can cancel or whatever. Like you mm-hmm. can do stuff like that. And it feels, I don't know. It feels like the right thing to do. But at the same time, when you start doing stuff like that, you start to notice how many people are subscribing to your app go down. And that's not $15 a year for you. If you lose 10% of your audience, who knows what that represents to your total income? Mm. Yeah. Um, so it's like super and, and you know, the idea of advertising, like it's all, it's all well and good to say, Oh, it's unethical to, to uh, let users be tracked all around the internet. But honestly, like, it's a really hard thing to find an advertiser. I mean, I, I couldn't find one to find an advertiser who won't do that. And even if you do, they're not going to pay you as well. Mm. And, and it's, it's a hard world that we live in because like users again, expect things for free. And realistically, the only way that you can continue working on a thing and have it be free and still like good and spend a lot of time working on it is, is to monetize it through, ads like there's not a way for people to give you money without actually paying (laughs) other than ads Mm. yeah yeah i think so i think that that seems to be they seem to be the major options and i guess unless someone invents an extra option (laughs) but i just don't know what that is like i've thought about this a few times i don't know i've not really come up with anything that it seems like it would work as a better solution, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I'm sure there's lots of people who've tried. Uh, and maybe There must be some way to do it, but I, I don't know. It doesn't... Nothing's coming to mind. I'm sorry, David. Maybe you're just going to have to charge a subscription <laughs> and name your app AA Relight so it goes to the top of the list for people so that you don't feel guilty. <laughs> AA Relight. Yeah, I mean... I I was probably going to go the subscription route anyway, but it's, it was really discouraging to think there's not like, I don't know what I would love. I mean, one of my thoughts was why not like a Christian ad service, like where it's like largely Christian companies. And then I thought you want to build everything Christian. You've talked about like Christian social media platforms. I have. Yeah. Well, again, there's a distinction here between (laughs) something that is Christian for Christians, you know, built by Christians for Christians and something that is, built by Christians with Christian principles. And I want the whole world to be built by Christians with Christian principles. Uh, So do your friends over at Apologia. (laughs) Uh, Everyone does. (laughs) I mean, everyone who's a Christian would love everyone else to be a Christian. (laughs) Uh, Or at least at at the very least to abide by, by Christian ethics. Sure. Um, Yeah. Not that that's sufficient by any means, but it does make the world a nicer place to live in. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the, the, my first thought was like, oh, well, this is a Christian thing. I wonder if there are Christian ad networks like that are like for people to advertise their ministry on or whatever. And then like it dawned on me, like almost the second that I had that thought, like if that exists, I want no part of it. 
Yeah, there, there is, and it's called TBN, right? Yeah, because exactly. I would so much sooner have like junk food advertised on, you know, Cheetos, a Cheetos ad at the bottom of my uh, of my website than I would have like an ad for Jesus Calling or uh, TD Jakes or or you know who knows what. <laughs> There's a bunch. There's uh, Beacon Ad Network Christian Advertising the number one self-service Christian advertising network for agencies and advertisers. Yeah, I've seen that one. Or there's Christian Adnet, connecting Christian and family-friendly audiences with clean advertising. A guiding or light for your brand. Christian advertising network. You can with can. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Christian advertising network. Can. You can with can. Anyway, <sighs> looks like there's a few out there. Wow. Beacon Ads has a terrible website. This does not look good. <laughs> Is this the right one? Hold on. BeaconAdNetwork.com. Oh, I was looking at the wrong. Hold on. There's like three of these. <laughs> I mean, it's Beacon. still, it's okay. It's website's okay. It's Christian. a little bit. It's, yeah, that's all right. Okay. Yeah, this is better. Uh, Blue Letter. Blue Letter. Bio In one? fact, the Gospel Coalition supposedly advertises with the Beacon Ad Network. See, exactly. Exactly my point. <laughs> <laughs> Christianity Today. But Rel- blog and relevant blog, which magazine. is like on my blog. Rachel Held Evans. Doug Wilson, though. The Verge Network? No, that's that's not what I was thinking it was. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is this is like, there's like two here where I'm like, yeah, you could advertise on my site. I wouldn't mind that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Tully and Tavidian. 526,000 monthly impressions. Oh, this is just a screenshot. of. I don't know if this is their current marketplace because I think some of these people are, I really hope, no longer doing anything. <clears throat> Tully and... <clears throat> Mark Driscoll. <laughs> is it really? No, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I just was messing around. Nothing from Driscoll. Osteen? Christianadnet.com. That, that just sounds so... Oh, and the other one is like Zimbabwe or somewhere or South Africa. Oh, look, Monarchism's on here. Big Mama. I don't know what that is. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I really do think, though, that there's like... And this doesn't have to be a Christian to do it, but I, I, I mean, I'd love for it to be. I think there's a space maybe for somebody to create an ad network where they basically say, we are not going to advertise like offensive content and mm-hmm. we're not going to track users across the internet without any kind mm-hmm. you know, with, with either with or without their consent. Like there may, there may be some practices that they do for, for, um, making sure the ads are relevant and probably some of the best ways for mm-hmm. them to do that would be to uh, have some sort of a form for the person who runs the website to fill out. Like, you know, if, if you're running uh model train blog.com, like <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> chances are, you know what your audience <laughs> is, is interested in, you know, you, you don't need to go uh, track users all across the internet to make the ads relevant to them. Like you can make the ads relevant yeah. to the content on the site and the content that you know that people who like model trains would also probably be interested in. It's it's actually the model train blog.com. Is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, I take your point. It's it's also like taking ages to load and it's a default WordPress theme. So <laughs> man, I just I yeah. never anymore I never type the thing.com into my browser and just hit enter. Like that's just terrifying to me. 
No, I didn't. I Googled it. Oh, okay. And it came up as the... Well, even like <laughs> things that I think I know what they are. Like, I just don't do it. Like, I always Google. Like, like if I forget, like, is it theverge.com or verge.com? I'm not sure. I'm just going to Google it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I guess uh, the point of all of this is to start a conversation about, like, just the fact that it's hard out there to make money. It's harder than, I think, in some ways, it's harder than it used to be. Um, mm-hmm. Well, maybe it's easier than it used to be. Like, the the advent of the Apple App Store makes it a lot easier to find an audience than, than maybe it was yeah. back when you would like throw up a .com website and like hope that people stumbled upon you and maybe, you know, hire somebody to do SEO for you. Um, but the, the complexity surrounding all the different ways that you have to make money, the expectations of the users, how little users actually read things like your terms of service agreement. I mean, nobody's ever read the terms of service agreement, but like at least they'd read the the thing in the installer. That's like, just so you know, this is how the, this is how the transaction is going to work or whatever. And I don't know. It feels mm-hmm. like people skip stuff like that even more. Um, and then again, the idea of there being a middleman. So I don't know. I was hoping to start a conversation among among people in tech about mm-hmm. how we can do this. What are what are some of the pitfalls? What are some of the things? How how have we been burned? Uh, where we expected a transaction to go one way, but it went another way, and we felt like we were ripped off. And maybe it wasn't even the developer's intent. Um, so that we can so that we can be, uh, I guess, in that sense, above reproach. If you would like to join in on that conversation, you can join us by going to slack.techreformation.com. There you will enter an email address and a password, but we will not track you across the internet. And if you're looking for other episodes... Although Slack's gone corporate now, so it's probably only a matter of time. (laughs) (laughs) And if you're looking for other episodes from Tech Reformation, just head to our website at techreformation.com. Indeed. This has been the Tech Reformation. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you again next week. Lord, no, I ain't looking back. Lord, no.